Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to this our second episode of Valley Voice, where we talk all things Charlton Athletic. My name is Lee Warner. I'm joined today by our expert Charlton Athletic writer, Clive Hilton. Hi, Clive. Hi, Lee. And we've also got our Brentford writer, uh, Tom Moore, with us today. Hi, Tom. Hello. Um, we are looking today, um, we're going back uh, one year. Um, it's one year to the day today when we record this, but not when you hear it, um, that Russell Slade was sacked um, by Charlton Athletic. Um, and we are, I think, as most of the fans are, kind of, is that right? looking ahead to what will be Carl Robinson's one-year anniversary uh, in what will be nine days' time when you, uh, when you hear this episode. Um, it's been quite a year for Charles, hasn't it? And, and Carl Robinson, um, on the whole, I know you're a big fan of his, um, mm-hmm. and he's done a pretty good job, hasn't he? I think he has. Um, the number of managers they had in the proceeding, Two years leading up to Russell Slade. He was one of the couple of months. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount of managers, and I think the club at that time needed stability. Uh, Carl Robinson coming in certainly provided that. There was a little bit of scepticism, I think, because um, obviously Roman Chasselet, the owner, is not well liked at Charlton, so anybody who was brought in was sort of tainted with that with that brush, if you like. If he's working with him, do we like him, sort of thing, but. I think he has certainly won over the fans um, in recent times. You know, the results have certainly picked up. He had a very, very difficult time at the end of last season. There were lots of protests, um, pink picks being thrown on the pitch, that sort of thing. Very disruptive for the team. He did go through a very bad spell of results in February, March, um, and things weren't looking very good at all. I mean, I started covering Charlton on March the 4th, sort of throwing him at the deep end. and. Uh, the atmosphere was poisonous in the ground mm. at that time. Um, and Has that died it, down a little bit? The, yes. the kind of the protests and, and everything now. Is, is that a result of the club doing well? There hasn't been a single protest this year. There hasn't been a single dissenting voice that I've heard this year. I think um, you know, the, the protesters have decided that they will not interfere with Charlton's promotion push this year. There was a, a concerted effort. The feelings are all still there. There are people in the background who still want to run the Chateau out. But they don't want to jeopardise Charlton's chances of promotion. And uh, Carl Robinson has come out and said he really respects that. Um, he wants to focus on what's happening on the pitch. And of course, results have improved. That spell in February, March, they went through a run of, I don't know, one win in 13 matches or something like that. And Carl Robinson was always saying, I've got to get to the summer and then we can start again. And to be fair to him, he did sort of root out some players he didn't want. Yes. Um, he's brought in. Uh, three, four good players uh, in the summer. 
is a misfortune with Ben Ruiz being injured and Mark Marshall as well being injured, so that's hampered him. But now they're looking like a very good side. They're only as, they're only as strong as your bench, as they say. And uh, they've got a very strong looking bench now that Marshall and Ruiz are coming back into the squad. So it's a lot happy it's a lot happier place. Results are going well. They're not there to be shot at, they're not top of the league like Shrewsbury, they're a few points behind them. Um, but yeah, they're in the next third place. They even moved up a place at the weekend without playing because Bradford City lost at home to Bottom Club Plymouth, believe it or not. So there's so many weird results in that division. And um, but the results have generally gone in Charlton's favour in recent weeks. I think we can all agree, can't we, Tom, that Charlton shouldn't be in League One, should they, really? Um, I think you could argue on sides of club, they shouldn't be, but at the end of the day, you could argue that Bournemouth have no right to be in the Premier League. True. They've got every right to be in the Premier League, so because of what's happened at Charlton over the last few years, that they, they are in League One for a reason. Is uh, No club has a divine right to be no. in the Premier League, no club has a divine right to be in League Two, so I'd say given the mismanagement, I mean, I'm just I've just been looking at sort of Carl Robinson's stats and uh, certainly sort of since the Ronan de Chatelet is not only is he just about to get to a year in charge, if he has three more games, he will be the longest serving appointed manager from the Ronan de Chatelet era after he took over. Chris Powell managed 261 games. Jose Vigo in his first spell managed 16, Bob Peters 28, Guy Luzon 37, uh, Carl Fires caretaker 7, Jose Riga again 20, Russell Slade 18, Carl Robinson's on 35, and his win percentage uh, stacks up to um, to some of the best Charlton managers of all time. His win percentage is just over 45%. Chris Powell, Charlton legend, he was at just under 41%, although Chris Powell managed a lot more games. Yeah. You obviously had Mike, Mike Bailey, who was in charge for just about double the amount of games, who was uh, 49%. And then obviously the uh, the great Jimmy Seed, who we can certainly say is Charlton's, probably Charlton's greatest manager in a way. Uh, he was 42%, although admittedly that was over 23 years. Yeah. So I think we can see is results certainly can mask feelings because obviously when things weren't going well at the back end of last season the protests were starting towards the end of the their stay in the championship after relegation there were heavy protests i seem to recall they're playing Burnley on the final day and there were, there, were, there were fears that Charlton, might, Charlton fans may try and get the game abandoned or something like that in order to make their protest, which would have impacted on the title yeah. race. So I think clearly the job Carl Robinson has done has helped placate some of the fans, certainly on the more vocal side of things. And the thing is, is it, it, it is... We all know that Roman de Chastelet has not been good for Charlton, and, and that is pr- pretty clear and pretty much factual. So, clearly having a, a manager that is doing the job and, and getting the right players in, that will certainly please people, but I think 
most chance rounds would agree it would be better if there was a, a change of ownership sooner rather than later. Do we think the stability in, in the manager, albeit it's only a year, that's quite a long time in football these days, um, do, we, do we think that's, um, that's been key in, in the club moving forward uh, at the moment? Yes. And, and as to use the word, some sort of placating the fans? I think they have placated the fans in terms of what he's achieved. Um, but going back to your point about are they in the right division? Carl Robinson, I made the mistake of saying, Joe, I'm in the wrong division, aren't they? He said, no, they are in the right division because that's where they are. You know, you are where you are. There's so many big clubs in League One, in the Championship, trying to get to somewhere else. And uh, so I'm in one of those clubs, but certainly the stability has been absolutely key. Um, Robinson was waiting and waiting and waiting for the summer to arrive so that he could start again. And to a point, he's been waiting and waiting this season for Reeves and Marshall to come back from injury. Marshall did his knee badly in uh, pre-season at Stevenage. Ben Reeves missed the pre-season, then was thrown in a, in a League Cup game, wasn't fully fit, started to pick up many injuries, and he's only just come back. So when you think Robinson then was, was saying, look, we, we need Marshall and Reeves to come back, and that will be the, the real Charlton Athletic, the one that he envisaged in the summer, if you like, when he made those signings. Does that make being in third place uh, even more of an achievement yes. for a minute, or do, do we think that perhaps Charlton should be top of the league if, if they had those two players available to them? Possibly they would have been top. They've had a couple of defeats. They lost to Plymouth um, and they've lost to Gillingham, who were in the bottom three. Um, missed chances in those games. I, was, I, didn't, I wasn't at Plymouth game, but saw some of the missed chances, and uh, certainly against Gillingham, they shouldn't have lost that game. So you could argue they could have had a few more points here and there, but then other clubs could say that. I think um, every club has yeah, In fact, they're in third, and they haven't had Reeves and Marshall for that period, who Robinson quite rightly says would probably get in any League One first of mm. um, And it's almost like having two new signings coming back. So, with them back in the side, you've got Tariq Fossey, who's been able to shine in the absence of Marshall. He signed for Reading, no one had heard of him. Been on loan um, to Colchester United, had about 11 games in League One. He was expected just to be a big part of player. And of course, he's been thrust into the limelight, scored seven goals, is, the, is their top scorer this season, and has done particularly yeah. well. So, the likes of him doing well, um, Billy Clark came in and has done well. They've got a lot of options now. Of course, Ricky Holmes is still, regardless of those players coming in, the main man and has proved himself to be the fantastic player that all the, the fans know that he is. He's, he's scored. Uh, Charlton's goal of the month, three successive months this season. And he is, is still the talisman, he's still the one that drives them on. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Robinson does when everybody is fully fit. How long do we think Robinson will be with the club? How long is a piece of string? <laughs> How long is Roland de Chatelet's piece of well, string? All the time he's the owner, I think Robinson's got a good relationship with him and he will stay. Um, he was asked the question, Robinson, the other day, what if a new owner came in and they wanted you? He would, he would stay, providing he could do the job on his own terms. He gets no interference at all from the Chatelet, so he says. He's allowed to get on and do the job. And I believe him when he says that, because he is his own man. He built up a dynasty at MK Dons over six years, did a fantastic job there. Wants to do the same at Charlton Athletic. And his passion really comes through when you speak to him about football, about life. Uh, he's, a, he's a real good human being, I think, not just 
a football manager, and you can see that the way he treats people, the way he treats his players, they're all uh, respectful of him, they're all playing for him. And um, I think there are good terms ahead to come. I, I predicted they'll make the top two. Mm. And I still believe that. Well, there's no reason why not, really, is there? No, there isn't. Unless they suffer a raft of injuries. There's Wigan Athletic up there in the second place. There's Blackburn Rovers still there. Bradford City. There's some big clubs up there vying for these two places. But I think they've got enough um, to make it into those top two. Can you give us any anything on um, Du Chatelet? Um, what's the latest with him? And there's always rumours flying around about potential sale of the club, aren't there? It's funny because the initial rumours um, at the start of the season that he was selling that all died a death. Um, there's been rumours again with Severson uh, fairly recently, two or three weeks ago. Um, quite a definitive, he's in advanced stages of selling, but. Nothing's come to fruition. No. You talk to Carl Robinson about it, he says he doesn't know anything about it, which is probably, I don't know whether that's true. In fairness to him, he's probably not allowed to say no. what's going on behind the scenes. Um, who knows? I don't know. Uh, the fans won't get out, um, and it's, there's probably three or 4,000 people maybe that are not turning up at games. That's a, that's a lot of people is, yeah. just because of that. Um, they've got the 25th anniversary coming up, of course. Uh, I think it's on December the 9th, the Portsmouth game, 25 years back at the Valley. Uh, it was on my birthday, actually. <laughs> really? 5th of December, 1992, is when they came back to the Valley. Um, so there we are, the 9th is going to be the, uh, the celebration game. There you go, Charlton fans, 5th of uh, December, send your birthday cards to Clive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this fake? No, where he gives the office address. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're moving offices soon, so perhaps we shouldn't do that. Just come up and see me on the night. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Leon Best. Um, there are um, suggestions that he's training the club, is that right? Yeah, he's been training for three or four weeks. Um, he hasn't played all season. He, he approached Charlton, said, can I come down and train? Can I give it a go? As an ex-championship striker, of course, Carl Robinson said, yeah, okay, give it a go. He, he actually likes the man, he's got to know him quite well already. Um, Robinson's done that with a few players, and he's kind of anyone that's asked if they want to come down, you know, come and train with us by all means. Yes, he, he has done that, I think, a couple of times. And uh, there's nothing to lose, though, is there? He's not no. signing him as, as yet. Um, whether he will do it, who knows? He scored in a behind closed doors friendly last week against QPR in a two all drill. Did quite well. There's been shown up well in training. And what's in his favour is Charlton do need a striker. They've got Josh McGuinness as a centre forward, they've got Carl Lahan Grant who's never really um, taken his chance when, he get, when he's had that opportunity. Um, and of course Joe Digby's coming on loan from Rangers, hasn't really hit it off for whatever reason and he's due back I think after four months which will be at the end of December. Um, whether he'll start Charlton I don't know, so there is an opportunity for someone to come in. Um, it may even negate the need to go into the transfer window desperately needing a yeah. striker. So it's going to be an interesting one to see whether he signs. Does he have what it takes, do you think, Tom, uh, for a challenging League One side? I think um, there's certainly a good player player in uh, Lake Leon Best and certainly he could add something to it. So I, I think uh, a lot of managers certainly in Championship League One, if a player says, can I come and train or something like that, if they're short of bodies, especially if they've got players wearing international duty, managers, head coach will say, yes, I know um, 
former Real Madrid man Mohamed Diallo used to uh, train at Brentford. There was no sort of, not even say a contract or anything really on the table there for him, but he was such a good influence on the squad. They loved having him around. He provided, he, he brought so much to the dressing room while all he was doing was just uh, training, getting fit. So the thing is, it, is, it can benefit the player. And if they're of a certain character, is that can help the dressing room. I mean, we all know that dressing room uh, harmony is a very difficult thing to uh, get right. And some, sometimes having those outside influences as well, that can make a difference. And if Leon Bess shows that he's the right man around the dressing room and has enough ability on the pitch to uh, to score a few goals and lift Charlton, then, uh, then he probably would end up signing a contract. I mean, it's a good, it's a good opportunity for both parties. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, it, it's one that you could sort of go, well, you could almost do it, say, at the moment on, uh, I think you can do it on non-contract terms, for instance. So you could sign non-contract, say, between now and start January or something like that. So you could maybe play a game or two. And then if there's nothing concrete, you can say, here's a six-month deal. Mm. If you achieve certain targets, you get yourself a year. Is that is you, you can do it very simply. I mean, that, that that's maybe the way to look at it. When you look at the likes of League One, okay, I know it's uh, a few more bigger money teams in there now that are able to uh, smash the cashes. Back in the day, League One used to be more about making sure you had a good first level, maybe a couple of decent options off the bench. Is if you look at a side like Shrewsbury, they've certainly got a very good first level, but we're getting into these difficult days. You have injuries, suspensions. There's always a side that's riding up at the top at this time of season that just gets dragged back into the pack. I remember last time I was covering the top side of that division, Leighton Orient, they went to a great start, but then slowly but surely got sucked back into the pack and missed out on promotion and look where they are now. It's interesting you mentioned Shrewsbury because um, Charlton was supposed to play there last weekend on international break um, and Carl Robinson it's not mind games because they probably would have called it off anyway because they're without three players. But Shrewsbury lost their last league game. I think it was against Peterborough, and they were desperate. I saw some quotes to get back into league action to put that right, and they've had to wait until this coming Saturday, the 18th, to do that because Charlton obviously called the game off, which has worked in, in Charlton's favour, I think. So uh, it's a long time without a league game for Charlton, isn't it? It is a long time. They've done a couple of times now where they've had to go a couple of weeks or maybe three weeks without a without a game. So they have got a couple of games in hand now on Bradford City and the top two. And um, those, you know, with the players coming back from injury, they've got a very, very strong squad. Very strong yeah. squad. Well, Clive, you've obviously played non-league football. What did you prefer? Get games in hand or points in the back? Because obviously we know about all the weather that could potentially happen over the winter. What, what did you prefer? Having those points on the board or... Do you sort of like the, the feeling of games in hand as well? I love playing games because it means you didn't have to try and <laughs> no, I think points in the bag counts for a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you, last season Robinson said there was a backlog of fixtures, which there were. I remember we were going to the Valley like every three or four days and simply turning up for weeks on end because there's so many games to catch up with. And I think that takes its toll on a squad, um, particularly when they've only got one 
strong attitudes within it, season that turns through that you know that okay, that post up always are doing what they love, but to play every single week is it, quite hard when it's Saturday, Tuesday, and as we know, forty-six games, it's not like the Premier League where you get thirty-eight games, that's an extra eight matches, mm. that's like an extra two months. Mm. So if you're getting games called off as well, uh, in particular Chartmouth have two international weekends, they've not had games. So that's you know that's two or three games already they're down, and uh, there's bound to be postponements sort of way as well. There are weekends when the lower leagues normally play their games as well, aren't they? When the Premier yes. League have a week off and they're playing the 38 games, if you play 46 games, you, you're generally playing those international breaks, but Charlton haven't been, so no. uh, they are going to be stacking up soon. And the results have gone in their favour, that's a good thing. Yeah. Some of those results have gone forward, which has put them in an even healthier position, I think. Some fans didn't even realise on Saturday afternoon that Charlton had gone up the place, up to just purely on goal difference. And, and it was only a 1 0 defeat by Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so it just shows me how tight it is. Sometimes it's nice to have that sort of day, that Saturday weekend away from football. I mean, it, it, it can be quite enjoyable. Did you, did you, how did you spend a, a weekend without Charlton? Um, writing about Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> Ever the professional of life. <laughs> Um, they are back in action this weekend, and it's a big one. Um, MK, well, for the manager at least. Um, MK Dons, um, does he take any, have any stock in, in going back to old clubs? Do you know what? Um, one of the defining moments last season was at home to MK Dons. It was in, um, was it March? In that terrible time, it was March. Or, no, it was April the 4th. The end of a terrible spell. They lost 2 0 at home, and he was as flat as I've ever seen him after that game. He came into the press room and everybody was so downbeat. There were, two, there were fans saying we're going to get relegated. They had a six-point buffer at the mm. time. But they hadn't. They won one in 13 matches. And it was a terrible night for him. I just felt so sorry for him sitting there, not knowing what to say. What could he say? They were rubbish. He acknowledged that. Um, but he, this is his managerial, managerial style. He decided to change things. For the next two or three days, he brought the club into the valley, brought the players into the valley. And yes, I remember. The pitch. Yeah. He wanted them to get used to playing on that pitch. And from that moment, they, they got a positive result on the Saturday. I think they won the game. And they then went on a run of, I think, three wins in the last five games to finish off quite strongly. Um, he doesn't believe in keep doing what you're doing if it's not working. And I, I thought that was, that was good mental strength for him because he went through a really tight time. If you ask him now, he'll say that was one of his lowest moments. So, so he'll want to beat MK Dons. He wants to beat MK Dons on Saturday, purely because of that memory. And it's a far different place now at Charlton. Everybody's upbeat, everybody's excited. I think one of his first games in charge um, at Charlton was against MK Dons in the FA Cup. It went out to them. Ironically, here we are in the Atlanta, he's playing the beginning of the league around about the same time. He's also been drawn away to AFC Wimbledon in the FA Cup, which is Almost on the anniversary, so it's sort of a Wimbledon MK Dons thing at the moment. But yes, he'll be desperate to put one. Has he beaten MK Dons since he's been shot in No, they lost in the FA Cup after a replay, and uh, they lost in the league game at home. I'm not sure about the league game away okay. last season. Um, but of course, Ben Reeves against his old club. Will he start? He's only started, I think, one game in the league this season. Hopefully, he'll be starting. There's doubt about Fossil, I think, this weekend. So. There may be a slot there, hopefully the fossil will be fit, but uh, Ben Reeves will be chomping up a bit to, sure will, yeah. to play in that game because he's not featured, he, he must feel as though he owns 
Robinson sort for of brilliance in the club and, and not having played the games that uh, he should have done. But he's now back in the team, played a couple of League Cup games, so check it out, trophy games, and has looked sharper as the games have gone on. So should be interesting. You're back in Charlton to win? Yeah, I'm always back in Charlton to win, uh, particularly at home now. I think they've got a good record and the fans are getting behind them. They make a really good racket in the North Sound and on the goal there. Interestingly, Robinson the other day said he wishes the fans would move closer to the pits and right up in the back of this stand. Of course, they're generating the noise up the yeah. top there with the drama. And I think it's a great atmosphere. I think they'll get behind them this weekend. And I'll probably predict a, a 2-1 or a 3-1 victory. But Charlton aren't conceding as many goals now. They're not scoring as many, but they're not conceding as many. So um, it's getting a balance right, and they've got that in them. Excellent. We'll wrap it up there, guys. Um, KentLive.news for all your Charlton Athletic um, latest news. And we will be back next week for another uh, episode of Valley Voice.